Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just to let you know, the first five minutes or so of the podcast, we had a little bit of problems with, uh, with Terry's microphone. Uh, you'll notice it gets better, though, as the show goes on, so don't let that put you off. Hope you enjoy the show. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time, this is Maritime Radio Greenwich. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song, wake up, wake up, you sleepy head, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up. insisted that he only wanted to come on tonight's show in his underpants, but thankfully an agreed behavioural contract put paid to that. Welcome back to Charlton Live. So good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. It's uh, Sunday after yesterday's draw with uh, with Northampton Town. Uh, my name is Lou Mendes. I'm your host for this evening. Joining me in the studio, back from his holidays with uh, a wonderful tan, Terry Smith. How you doing? And with pants. Pants as well. Pants as well. Shorts. Huh? Yeah, shorts. but uh, underneath. Yeah, but Linica. I haven't gone, gone commando or anything. Linica wore shorts last mm. night. Cheated. Did it? Was a little bit. Yeah, it was cheating. a cheat. Oh, I've cheated. Only, he only wore them for a little while as well, which was slightly, slightly disappointing. Yeah. I don't uh, know. I think it was probably down to popular opinion, I would have thought. <laughs> uh, also joining us, uh, making your first appearance of the season, Sue, the, the first lady of Charlton. How are you doing? 
I'm all right. I'm really good, actually. Excellent stuff. And uh, and your last appearance for a couple of weeks, Tom. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Louis. Yeah, you going off on holiday or something? Uh, v Festival. V Festival. I've got a date with Bieber. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm like a girl again. You thought me and my pants was bad. Uh, so yeah, on tonight's show, obviously, we're going to look back at yesterday's uh, one-all draw here at the Valley with Northampton Town. We're going to hear an exclusive interview with, with Russell Slade that uh, Terry did yesterday. And then, uh, well, basically, it's up to you what we're going to talk about this evening. There's plenty of stuff that's gone over uh, over the last few days. Uh, so you can get your emails in, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive. If you go over to the Charlton Live uh, forum, you can uh, drop us a message on there as well. And we'll, we'll try and pick those up as well. But I guess... Terry, uh, your you first is it your first chance to see us in competitive action this season. Was yes, it? absolutely. Yeah. Um, Did you make I, it? I'm not Tom, uh, I, I, I had my holidays a tad earlier, um, but uh, first half I could see where people were uh, because obviously I'd, I'd followed the, the first two games from afar and uh, didn't sound great. Obviously, and the reaction t- from the fans didn't sound great or, or made it sound uh, probably worse than it actually was. But I can you know I can get that. And uh, for the first first half, you could sort of understand why we we huffed and puffed a bit, and we had plenty of possession, but didn't look like we were going to do anything with it. Um, the uh, the gap between the midfield and the front two was uh, well, it was a chasm rather than a gap, uh, and they weren't linking up well at all. And we were we were just ponderous a bit. I thought uh, second half completely different, um, and uh, we were much quicker in, in what we did. And we actually battered Northampton in that second half. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, it was a great line from Russell Slade after the game. He said, uh, "He said they sat so deep that they needed snorkels." And he's right. You know, we, uh, I suppose, you know, a bit of luck going our way, we'd have we'd have comfortably won that. Um, I think uh, if we'd have got a second, it might have gone on to be a third and a fourth. Because uh, having said that, we just you know, Chris Solly managed to save our uh, save our blushes towards the end with that uh, last minute interception. Otherwise, they could have nicked it. Yeah, I think that would have certainly been the last thing all of us needed if, yeah, if, that, yeah. if that had gone in. Um, there, there was some, I think, the, the standout from the starting lineup, along, along with the debuts of, of, of McGuinness and Bocasta off the bench, was uh, the fact that Esri Conza, 18 yeah. years old, uh, kept, kept his place in the side after after the, the loss at Cheltenham. I think um, it's it's great to see, and, and anybody who's watched Esri from uh, from a young age. Um, when Joe Gomez first came through, we were still watching Esri and, uh, and Terrell Thomas and, and a few of the others in, uh, in the uh, under 18s. And, with, and I think, um, you know, it, it will not be wise after the event. And uh, you can ask people who I was with, and I, it should be on commentary somewhere, um, that we said this kid could be another Joe Gomez because he's got that sort of same thing about him. Um, I don't think he's probably as good uh, as a football player necessarily as, as Joe uh, coming out of defence, but. He's still calm. He's still cool. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't get flustered. Uh, first ten, fifteen minutes yesterday, I thought he was nervous and uh, a little bit shaky. But <clears throat> every time he made a, a small mistake, he rectified it almost immediately. Uh, the kid's got class, no question about it. And he's uh, as long as he stays fit, he's uh, he's going to be a, a damn fine player. Okay, it looks like we're having some problems with your mic, Tell. So we might have to we we'll have to move you we on again. You might have to huddle up. Yeah, you might have to huddle up on the third one. So do you, do you want to try and squeeze over onto 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 Tom's one? Um, the, 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 like we said, like we said, uh, Tom, what, what did you make of the start of the game? I mean, we, could, we could see that we were um, we were perhaps slow to, slow to start with. Fair to say? Yeah, we were. Yeah, they came out of the blocks a lot quicker. Obviously, they're a team that's on the up at the moment, and we're a team that are very much on the sort of on the back foot and sliding down. So to that end, I think that was that made sense that the game started in that way, but. Like Terry says, we grew into the game. I thought second half we we showed signs of a team that's starting to gel. Players are starting to get to know each other and they know their roles a bit better. I think you could see that clearly in those front two because like Terry says, in the first half they weren't really linking at all and in the second half there were two or three good chances where the forward players were linking up well and we were getting shots away. So 
Yeah, it was a slow start. I think it's the sort of game that last season we could easily have gone on to lose. Um, but yesterday we we grew into the game and we created more and more chances and we were really unlucky not to win it, to and, be honest. And that thing about linking up, is, I mean, that is something that we'll have to take time. I and mean, we, we know we, we know how, I mean, again, Slade says it himself in, in his post-match, he talks about partnerships needing to build up and, that, and that's something that, that can take time. Yeah, I completely appreciate why people were so frustrated and angry after Berry and particularly after Cheltenham midweek. But we have got to remember that they are a new bunch of players getting to know each other. And I think you could see it already. It is only their third competitive game at the weekend and they're slowly starting to get there. And I think they're the sort of team that when they do click now, they're going to be a very good side and they look more of a unit than we've had for two or three seasons. And it is just going to take a bit of time. I think one of the... Um, I don't know if this, you can pick this mic up now. Um, Louis, I don't know if it's any better. No. But um, I think one of the key areas, uh, key moments that you noticed that was uh, for the first goal, for their first goal. Um, or their only goal, I should say. The Stuart Pearce, uh, not Stuart Pearce, what am I saying? Jason. <laughs> Jason Pearce. For the first half an hour, probably, he kept drifting out to the left. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe it's because he's not confident that you know Morgan Fox w- was, was bombing on, and as, as, um, as Tom said, it, it, and he just looked like he was wanting to cover that left-hand side all the time. He got, out, got caught out quite a few times on that left side, and of course when the ball comes back in, you've only got one centre-half, uh, it adds to the pressure, and... and uh, um, their centre forward is it um, Ravel. Scott Ravel who scored the goal uh, just was clever enough to drift away from Esri Gonza in the centre to get to, to be in a perfect position to head that ball back had um, had Pierce not been out drifting out to the left he'd have been in the middle and uh, we'd have probably dealt with it comfortably so there's and that's almost certainly because he's only been playing with us for five minutes oh yeah I, mean, I would say that's one of the things that uh, that we we'll just have to wait to build on. I mean, um, in, in terms of chances that we were looking at in that first half, for us, it, it was all like, I mean, possession wise, we, we, I think we dominated throughout the game. But um, in terms of chances in that first half, n- n- nothing clear cut really at all, apart from shots from the edge of the box, really. Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to remember. No, we, we yeah. huffed and puffed. There were long shots, weren't there? I think, yeah. was it Crofts had a couple from long range? Um, we but, saw Holmes having a few. Yeah, Holmes had a couple, but. There were a couple of moments where, uh, I mean, there's one where McGuinness just took it off Jacko's, Jacko's head as he was bombing in. You thought, yeah. if, if again, if um, a little bit more communication and they've been playing with each other for longer, yeah. you know, maybe McGuinness would know that Jacko was steaming in, I'll let, let this one go. Yeah. Uh, and that pr- almost certainly would have been a goal, I think, had, uh, had Jacko got on the end of that. And there were a few other occasions where we played some lovely football, just that final ball wasn't there. Was, maybe we were trying too hard, I don't know. But um, second half, it clicked a lot better. We were sitting during the game, actually, and I've been really impressed with Ricky Holmes, I must say. But yesterday, we we were sort of discussing during it, saying, actually, because of who we were playing... And by the way, I don't actually get why the Northampton fans were booing him. I mm-hmm. thought he was a bit of a hero there. They clapped there. him at the end, they didn't they? Did, they did clap him at the end. I was just trying to... So I think... Some of the some of the decisions he was making was more because he was desperate to yeah. score against them mm. or like just not necessarily he was trying too hard. I think yeah, at yeah, certain points in the game, and I think that was why in, I agree with Russell taking him off. But um, but I just I've, he, he's he's an exciting player. The the, the pace and everything he's got, I think and the our skill on the ball. When he came off. Yeah, yeah. Actually. It I, it I think down, it didn't help it? as well that his replacement was obviously a little nervy as well. Like, he was, he's walked in the door exactly. Uh, you know, it, if <laughs> someone like Harriet comes on, who's a bit more used to the club, then maybe the the change isn't so dra- uh, drastic. But I, yeah, and I don't blame him for that at all. He's only just arrived, and 
we'll see what he's like in a few games' time. But I think, yeah, it was a big loss when he went off. Yeah, I mean, would, would um, Ricky Holmes, you feel like, from, from what I've seen so far this season, he, he's the one in terms of a winger, in terms of attacking player, who, who looks the most likely to make something happen. Just hasn't hasn't quite pulled it off just yet. You feel you feel like he's still bedding in, but he he looks like he's got a lot of potential in terms of running with the ball. He's crossing, he's shooting. It's all it's all there. You'll you'll feel like it's it's building up to something with him. Yeah, definitely. I'm worried that we might have to rely on him a bit because I don't see, especially with the injuries we've got at the moment, who else is going to be doing that? Um, maybe this Bataka once he settles in. Um, but yeah, certainly yesterday he's kind of the standout player when you look at us going forward. Um, and if him, Ayose, and uh, McGuinness or Novak, whoever plays, can can start to link up. Which, as I say, they started to do second half. Then I think we're going to be exciting going forward because the the goal aside, and then that one other almost identical chance that went just wide, they never really tested us in that first half. Mm. You know, they had those couple of chances from crosses, which we know we're we're weak at anyway at the moment. But defensively, we're pretty solid. Um, so yeah, it's going to be going forward. We just need that to click, and I think we'll be we'll be away. And at the back, we've still got Patrick Bauer to come back, and we saw him. We actually saw him on the yeah. bench. He hasn't, he hasn't played since about December, I think, against Brighton, maybe, or so. Not long after that that game, he got sent off. He, we haven't seen him since. So that's another body that's going to come in and, and probably give you know Ezri a rest. We don't want to risk too much from him at this age, this early. No, I think um, it, it. You know, when you're playing 18 year olds or however, how old is he actually? I can't remember. Yeah, 19, he's, something he's, like he's that. He's 18. He's 18. Yeah. Yeah. When you're playing, and, and same with Adamola, you've got to uh, you've got to be careful not to over mm. overexpose them, uh, especially in League One. Do you yeah. know I mean, it's a, it's a tough old league. And well, they just get lamps kicked out exactly of them, that. don't they? Um, and I think uh, Home suffered a bit. I mean, mm. obviously, oh, um, there's a bit of old Palzac there as well came into that. But uh, you got to be careful because you don't want to burn him out. And look what happened. We know we know from bitter experience what happens with that. Um, you know, we've got Herne Grant. Um, yeah. I think is a classic example of that. And if we're not careful, we'll do the same to Adam Oler. I know people are desperate for him to play. I'm desperate for him to play, but he hasn't had a break. Mm. I mean, <laughs> I, you'll hear it with, with the interview with Russell Slade. He actually was almost um, not boasting is not the right word, but he was. Uh, he was. You know, he was keen to point out that he had four days off <laughs> before the season started. Uh, but that's not enough. You know, for a young kid. He should be handled carefully, and uh, as good as he is, he I think people are reading too much into him being on the bench. Because I mean, I know from being at Berry last week, and there was a couple of old boys sitting behind me, and there was like grumbles of, "Oh, he's on the bench. That means he's off." And it's like, well, actually, no, he hasn't had a break. He played for the England under nineteen yeah. in the summer. He's not really had any time off. Not only that, he's 18 years old. He's not, uh, in my opinion, people will probably disagree with me, but he's not ready for 90 minutes of League One football at the moment. I think we need to be careful with with him. And I, I, can, I personally think he'll stay. And I think what, um, you mentioned it just now, we've got to rely on homes. If we, um, if we burn out Adamola too soon, then when we do need to rely on yeah. somebody to take over from Holmes, who's, who's what getting on for thirty, yeah. um, and he's he's the same. He's, he's not going to be able. He's going to have to have a break every now and again. He's going to. We're going to have to manage that. So, or we sign somebody, of course, which probably isn't likely. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, we if we need Adamola um, further along down the line, we got to be careful with him now. And it is, it is what we've been saying. Like, like I think, like you just said, see, like we we, re- we really want him to, to play, but. Because he is such a prospect, but we we know exactly what we've done with Car- the likes of Carlin or even Tariq Holmes Dennis. You know, they they 
they they have to play too much, they'll they'll, they'll find their confidence is, is sort of getting drained. There was another uh, debutant uh, for the Addicts uh, yesterday. I keep wanting wanting to call him Scott for some reason, but it's Josh McGuinness up top. Uh, what would, would you make of him, Tell? I thought um, showed flashes of of real uh, class, so especially with the first touch. Sometimes you know cushioning the ball up. When we played the ball up to him, right, of course. I mean the the big mm. the temptation is always to just lump it up to the big fella, uh, and uh, their centre half. Um, dealt with that comfortably for the most part I thought it's when we aimed it at his chest uh, or his feet and uh, especially the second half when we were playing it a lot quicker anyway uh, him and Jose were coming off their men uh, and it was much more uh, much more effective but I think um, yeah I think given time uh, and uh, when he settles in he could be an exciting player I thought um, I noticed yesterday particularly in that second half that in the past couple of years particularly with Mackinock we were lumping it long to him and there was no one around him and yesterday you could see every time the ball was going towards McGuinness Lutman and Ayose particularly were sort of buzzing around him waiting to see where the space was and he, they were starting to link up and that is going to take time but if those players are willing to do that that's how you that's how you utilise him and that's something we haven't done for a couple of years and I think that's uh, one of the, another difference that we noticed yesterday was that I think last season we'd have a shot and if the keeper parries it away, there was no one ever there to try and run in on it. And Nicky seemed to be every yeah. time that if the keeper spilled it or like pushed it away, Nicky was there straight away, straight away. We, you we, can imagine that he'd be quite a frustrating yeah. player to play against. We, we, talk, we talked about how we feel like Holmes is, get, is getting there, but uh, Jose is coming closer and closer now. I mean, he, yeah. had, he had chances on the swivel uh, away at Cheltenham and he had the same um, yesterday. I and mean, there's one particularly at the start of the second half. Where we thought it went everyone, in. Everyone, everyone, <laughs> in. Everyone in the West Ham where I was sitting was, was up. I was up thinking yeah. he'd gone in as well. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, he's certainly getting closer. Right, uh, you, you sort of touched upon him already, Tom, the loney Jordan Bocata. Um, it, it wasn't the, he's a player who, if you look at any, if you speak to any Leeds fans, they say, they'll sort of say he's, he's got a lot of tricks about him. Um, it sounds like Slade was quite, you know, played, played a waiting game to get in, but was quite quite eager to do so. He, he didn't have the, the best debut yesterday. He's, just, it's just a case of he, by sounds, but he hasn't he hasn't played too much recently, and he need, he needs to get his head down and yeah, get yeah, ready. He's definitely again. got to cut him some slack. I think like we've all seen the YouTube footage of some of his best bits and the skills he can do. And I think yesterday, you know, he came on. We were really pushing. I think when you go on into that sort of environment, you probably expect yourself or picture yourself scoring the winner or assisting the winner. So I think maybe he was just trying to make too much of an impression and trying a bit too hard, but. You know, we've seen the footage, and like you say, what Leeds fans are saying, it, it, there's a player in there for sure. And he only arrived what thir- Thursday, so he'll have mm-hmm. had m- maximum one day training with, with all those players. And yeah, again, he'll take a little bit of time. We saw Harriet was here for years and years, and even he had frustrating games sometimes. So that that's, sort of player, that's yeah. you know, that does lend itself to the old game where they don't, they're not yeah. great. Yeah, your flair winger player is, is, is a yeah, diff- you know, it's all, all always going to try stuff that, that doesn't come off. And yeah. I think that's that's pretty much what happened for me. So I mean, there was one good point where he gave the ball away, but he chased it all the way back to the yeah. halfway line, which is yeah, exactly you can the see that thing, effort's yeah. there and that desire is there. If, if, if the you're having a, right, yeah, if you're having a bad game, then, then running and, and doing that sort of thing is what you have to do, really. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we talked about their goal briefly about the, the sort of defending when you see that goal going in considering what's happened over the last two or three years here and considering what happened in the last two games that, that's, there's a danger we're going to start panicking as a, as a crowd I thought it was quite I don't know quite quiet in the first half I didn't, I, I didn't hear too much panicking I don't know if that's just me No I think, no, I think towards the end of the first half I think uh, and, and right at the end obviously people were frustrated you could see the fans frustrated and that's normal of course but I, I think there was no, no wholesale getting on the, uh, on the players backs I don't no. think uh, well at least I didn't notice it Not anyway. me there wasn't really No I, th- I think the, the crowd I want 
wanted to say actually I think the crowd were in Manchester though, that the the way they got behind the lads even when we went that goal down they were singing for them and it, I think the lads responded to that because as you say last season if we'd gone one goal down the crowd would have got restless started um, getting agitated and everything but I didn't really feel that yesterday which I think that's the way forward but just saying on that goal Louis me and uh, my friend when it went in she sort of said Declan didn't move and I don't know whether that's because he's come from a Premier League side that he or um, again it's maybe assumptions or whatever that your defenders are just going to be there and he didn't move because he just assumed one of his defenders was going to the be there yeah. yeah I think that um the main yeah. reason for the, that... The communication yeah. was well, clear. Well, I think... The, first, you've got to give credit to Ravel. The header was back where he came, back where mm, the, yeah. to the far post and curled it in. I was right behind it. I mean, mm. it, was, it, was, it was placed with a superb accuracy. And when you're a keeper, you have to make a decision. When you're coming across, you have to make a decision as to where this guy's going to head the ball. I think uh, Declan Rudd put, put all his eggs in one basket thinking almost certain... Well, a lot of dip, uh, strikers will head it into the ground and, and try and get it... He was probably thinking this is going to go to my right side because yeah. that's the furthest point away from me. As soon as the ball started going in the opposite direction, he was he was flat-footed because he knew there's no point in me going on and I can't turn round. But he had three defenders in front of him that just stood there. Mm. When I watched it again this morning from the chat, uh, was it Football and Five highlights, that he had three defenders in front of him. So, I mean, I think that was... But the uh, Ravella drifted away from all three. They, they, yeah, they yeah, were yeah, a bit. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, he, ju- he just did it cleverly, really, yeah. really cleverly. Yeah, we were at fault. A, there was nobody following him out mm. to the edge to, to the edge of the six yard box. And as I said before, Pierce drifted out left. Mm. So your main centre half, um, who's there to clear away the headers like that, yeah. uh, wasn't there. It was sloppy, wasn't it? Again, yeah. but we've seen that like so many times. And Slade says he's working on it, but we need to need to get that sorted quickly because we can cut out those sort of mistakes we win those games be interesting to see whether um, uh, Russell Slade keeps with the same centre-half partnership because mm. they've got to get a um, the, the two centre-halves have got to get a pairing yeah. it's vital that they get a pairing uh, whether that means Patrick Bear will come straight back in now and, and that will be our first choice centre-half pairing I don't know but he's got to make his mind up and then mm. stick with it really yeah uh, Tim Ruffle tweeted in disjointed and poor first half, much improved second half. Ball played to feet more and very good team goal. Now I watched I watched back that goal myself uh, this morning. Uh, it, it was really good work. It was, it was a fantastic uh, move that ended up with uh, a Jose. And he just he just held on for a second, just waiting for for Jacko to make the run. A glorious little dinked ball, and then. Uh, if there's one thing that can lift the spirits, there's nothing. There's nothing quite like a, a Johnny Jackson goal in front of a covered end, is it? Yeah, if it had been in the last minute, it might have been even better. But <laughs> I kept saying, it's, you wait, 90th minute, he's going to get another one. I yeah. thought he was as well. We had a couple of corners, <laughs> didn't we? We know what he's like from a corner. And I think that's something we haven't touched on yet. I thought uh, uh, the skipper was uh, just so much better. And we look so, uh, much better ty- a much better team when he's back in the middle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, we, we, we talked about just off air about the, the midfield. I mean... J- Jackson doesn't do it on a left wing for me, and he, he hasn't no. whenever he's played there no. over the last few years. And, and I think that was in, until, he, yeah, until he moved into the middle. And we, we talked about how Cross and Foley, perhaps as a midfield partnership, hadn't really been working for us yet. Either. Yeah, well, it is early days, but from what I've seen, Foley looks a bit like like a cross light almost. Yeah. So you don't you don't need them both there. And I tweeted first half saying I would bring Jacko into the middle and take Foley off and put someone else pace out wide, and that's exactly what Slade did in the second half. And and we did look better. There was a lot more balance there, but 
Yeah, even when he was out wide yesterday, Jacko, he was just everywhere. He's putting those tackles in. He he looked fitter than I thought I've seen him in a couple mm. of years as well. And obviously that helped for that goal because, like you say, Jose waited and it was a good little sprint from Jacko to get into that that position. And yeah, it, it just everything about him just looked looked good yesterday, and that was just so good to see. What I noticed um, when Jacko went back to the middle, and and what was different to uh, Foley and Cross was when uh, Foley and Cross tend to be too close to each other all yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh, and so when one was forward, the other was forward. When one was back, the other was back. That's what so I mean about Foley almost was, being like cross. Yeah, so, like but when, when Jacko was there, when, when Jacko was forward, cross was back yeah. and, and the other way around. So the, the balance was much better. Yeah, mm. much, much better. Uh, Alien3309 says, who knew the Olympics when you had Charlton <laughs> live? Uh, question though, <laughs> is Slade already looking too defensive, Lookman and Bacata on the bench? And like I say, I, I think that's it's the, it's the energy levels and the, fit and the current match fitness of both players. I think Bacata hasn't played. Lookman's played too much because he's been, he's been off with England. I think that's that's the reason why, and he, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to push them in uh, too early. Nathan says first half we looked nervy, second half came out with more purpose and tempo, moved the ball quicker and stunned them. Hence the uh, the retreat. Uh, Matt Brown says in reference to home, it seemed at times that we relied on him a bit too much at times. However, he is an exciting prospect. I mean, that's what do, do you do you think? There's still a chance we'll, we'll try and dip into a transfer market oh, for another another I midfield think, um, I hope so. player like that. I, I, I think, think he so. wants to know he's after another couple of players. I think, and he said in the and you'll you'll hear it hopefully soon. Um, central midfield is where he's looking as well. Mm. Yeah, we, like we said on Thursday show, we're kind of lacking someone in central midfield who's like an attacking threat. Holmes obviously does it out wide, and maybe some of those other players do a little bit, but a lot of the midfielders we've got are kind of more defensive midfielders or tenacious players, and we haven't really got too much creativity in the middle so we haven't really replaced Jordan in that no. respect have we yeah. uh, Lewis says first half we couldn't settle seemed to panic on the ball second half uh, much more positive McGinnis looks decent addition for Mike Tyson says he disagrees if you're good enough you're old enough don't get this burnout stuff at all Lookman would start every game for me so that's that's the thing I, I just do not I don't agree well, with that, that's that. probably I mean it, it, you know it's easy for and, and I'm not trying having a go particularly but uh, it's easy for somebody to say uh, who, who isn't in that position you know uh, as an 18 year old do you think uh, when you were 18 you could do 90 minutes of every game in a league one campaign I'm not so sure I mean, it's not just the physical strain it's the mental strain as well like plus when as I say when he hasn't had a break by the way exactly it's it's he hasn't had a break from the end of last season so it's, you've just got to I think we've just got to be a bit more patient with him mm. he's also to be fair he's a good utility player to bring off the bench yeah. as well because when they were tiring yesterday and you throw him on it's such a different threat particularly when they've spent the last 60 minutes having Jacko out there you, <laughs> you swap someone like Adam Ola Lutman in and he's got that pace and he's got that trickery it's a, you know it really they turns the game's head. No, they couldn't. I remember the the MK Dons game at yeah. home last season. Yeah. He, came, he came on too late in that game, but yeah. it just shows how much he can change a game. How much that sort of player, especially running at tired legs. Yeah, I mean, I'd hate you take to be a defender trying to deal with that when you've already paid like sixty five minutes exactly. of, of a bruising encounter, perhaps against a big striker like McGuinness and. And then all of a sudden, there's someone and else who's going to run at you. With and balls. it's not as if we haven't got uh, a perfect example of how it can uh, work against us with Carl and Herbert. Um, yeah. We, you know, we played him far too much, far too early, uh, and ruined him almost. Uh, and I think, sorry, just to add a point um, to Addy is, is the fact that he's such a skillful player, and in the championship, you can get away with like running at, at players and having that skill but when you're in League One you will get lumps kicked out mm. of you and he is one of those players that will get lumps kicked out of him and as we've already said he's very young we, I think we need to get him I mean I think he's a player that if we was in the Prem 
potentially would have been one of the players that had gone out on loan to a League One team because yeah. he needs that. It's like teaches you a lot. Experience. It? Yeah, it's, it's the man's. It's a man's league. This I'd one, in just my... how tough it was. Yeah. yesterday was the first game I've seen us play this yeah. season competitively. I've forgotten just how hard League One it's, is. It's quite interesting as well, and you'll you'll see some quotes from from McGuinness in in the papers tomorrow, in like uh, in the news shop or in the South London Press. But he, he he sort of talks along the lines of, and I was surprised about this myself about how League One is more physical than Scot- Scottish football. We talked about it on yeah. Thursday, didn't we, when we talked about his signing? Um, I, I kind of joked about the the difference in levels, and actually, I'm not sure where the Scottish Premier League would fit compared to the English leagues, but. Yeah. yeah, League One is is competitive. It is aggressive, and uh, yeah, and we're going to have to adapt to that because the Championship. Okay, it's not Premier League or La Liga or anything like that, but the Championship you do get that little bit more time, and there is that little bit of extra class there, and we're going to have to get used to that again. But um, yeah, I thought we handled it well yesterday, and I think when Addy came on, he did as well. But we've oh, got no, to, we've I, got to be careful with it. Sh- you know, don't misunderstand. Uh, certainly, me. I want Adamola Lookman to play every game. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, because yeah. we know how good he is. Uh, I'm sure Adamola Lookman wants to play every game. <laughs> because when I was 18, I probably thought the same, invincible. But um, regardless of what we think and he thinks, he's got to be managed. Now, in that way, it's got to be managed properly. Because equally, you don't want him to not play when he's perfectly capable of playing. Do you know what I mean? So it is a, it is a balance. And, and the biggest thing with that is, we got to have enough bodies in the squad to cover. Not, and not just Adam O'Lookman, but we were talking about Holmes being nearly 30, and maybe yep. he couldn't last year. Johnny Jackson's the same. You know, we've got players in there that at some point, probably in this campaign, will have to step away uh, in order for us to get the best out of them. Now, that's not their fault. Um, that's prob- if we don't cover that in the squad, as a squad, we're, we're not going to achieve what we want to achieve, mm. as is borne out already, because uh, you're talking about the... Um, uh, somebody mentioned about uh, the, the bench look defensive. I think that's probably the, the only fit subs we've got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack Barnum says first half was awful. Quite frankly, second half the complete opposite and showed what this team can actually do once uh, gelled. Uh, Lewis Wheeler says I just like to say Tom's assessment of Bacarta was perfectly put. Uh, definitely a player in there. I assume it's all about Bacarta and not Tom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and he, he's desperate to do well. Uh, James Fern, uh, this is a good point. Says uh, where have all the Morgan Fox boo boys gone? Thought he was class. Much mm. more confidence about him. I was going to bring that up actually. If we weren't going to talk about it, both him and Solly, I thought yesterday were oh, awesome. So. Some of the tackles they were making, the recovery pace, just everything about those two was class. And they, you know, obviously, I think, was Fox with us in League One? Was, I don't think he did, did he? I think, I don't he, much I think he was think, about, think, he was yeah, in the squad. Maybe, yeah. but Solly has just around. come back into it fine. And Fox, I thought, adapted to it so well. They both handled their players just so well. And, just and the, going forward, Fox yeah. does add that threat when he's, mm. when he's confident. The way Solly adapts, you think he could, he could adapt to playing in the National League or he could adapt to playing in the Champions League. With yeah, he's, he's, he's <laughs> yeah he just slots in and it, yeah, it doesn't matter nothing who he's up against. Him nothing at all. No, that challenge near the end. Yeah. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Scott Wilkes says, have I missed something? Did Lookman not have a holiday under-19 championship started two months after the season finished? But what we've what been, been training, though, yeah. Yeah. What we've been told is you know, four days off this summer. We're getting yeah. that from he Russell. Went, he went straight from, from here at the edge, from what I understand, straight from us to the end of the season to the uh, England training camp. Yeah. So, yeah, right, he didn't play competitive games, but he was training. Scott adds, he, does, he doesn't think he should start every game, but starting him in a meaningless cup game and not in league uh, doesn't make sense. Uh, Freddie says, yeah, no, League One is very scrappy. That I do agree with you. Yeah, and, I agree with you. and look at Holmes, they wouldn't stop uh, taking him out. Right, let's, uh, let's hear from Russell Slade. He came, in to, uh, he came in to meet Terry properly for the first time uh, after yesterday's uh, draw with Northampton Town and gave us this, uh, this exclusive interview. So it's Russell Slade after yesterday's game. Joined in the studio uh, live after the uh, one-all draw with Northampton Town by Russell Slade and Russell... Um, 
it must be a slight mixed emotions. You must be delighted with the performance, second half especially, but a little frustrated that we didn't come away with the win. Yeah, I, I think frustration <clears throat> is going to be it's going to be a big big word this season, um, and uh, especially when you're trying to build something and 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 when you don't get the right end result or the right end product, it does become frustrating at times. And in the first period, even though it was a very even game, thought we needed to move the ball quicker and with a bit more intent. Um, and purpose to it and we did because we had the lion's share of possession even in the first half of a, of a fairly tight game where there wasn't many chances for either team second period I thought we were we, we were excellent I thought we moved it quickly we did we moved it like we, we talked about in the game plan we moved it through the thirds we got between them and in the end we got a well-deserved goal and, and probably a little bit unlucky not to win the game when um, as you say in the first half a lion's share of possession uh, without really creating clear-cut opportunities up to the first yeah. sort of 20, yeah. 20, 30 minutes, your, your heart must have hit your boots when they got that one goal. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, th- th- there were a couple of moves, you know. There were a couple of plays we had, and unlike uh, I talk, t- talk for for example, talking about um, relationships and partnerships and knowing each other. Um, Josh and Jacko went for it was a great ball in about the 38th minute and, and, and Jacko and, and I think um, Josh went for the same ball and if there was a bit of communication there at the right time um, we might have got a, a very simple header on target that might have gone in the back of the net so there were frustrating things like that there was a couple of balls that were set back that looked like oh go and get your finish and it wasn't quite set properly there were a few things that were frustrating and, uh, in that first period but we seem to we seem we seem to move on from there, and they st- show great attitude and great great strength in, in in belief in what they were doing in the second period. And I thought honestly, for 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 the twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, I thought we looked a cut above in that period. Scored the goal and, and looked like we were going to get the second, but unfortunately, I was going to ask actually. I might ask Josh uh, McGuinness himself later on. Did uh, Jack have a quiet word in that half time after taking that ball off his head? I don't. I don't know whether he did or not. But they have, they, I mean, obviously they've got to talk. It's important. But there's a, there's a nice bond. Honestly, there's a nice feel growing in 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 the changing room, which will get stronger. As I say, it is a, is a process. Um, you, you want it to all work straight away, but. You know, if it was that easy, we'd all be doing it, wouldn't we? There's a couple of things I want to highlight, if I may. Well, more than a couple, but um, the, the two things that sprung to me um, during the game. First, that second half performance. Um, you must be delighted with the outstanding the way we, we, we kept Northampton under pressure. Um, got the goal, deservedly. I think the one thing that uh, struck me as the goal went in, the celebrations, of course, uh, up and around the goal area with Johnny Jackson and doing his, his traditional stuff, but the rest of the side, the rest of the team, all coming together and, uh, and and you can see the passion and the delight in that side so you must be as a manager I'm mean, certainly as a fan but as a manager I must be really delighted that uh, the team the team bond is there oh no they want to do well they want to do well they want to see each other do well um, you didn't see you know we made changes on, on the bench and everybody wants each other to do well and you don't always get that as you know but no that, no there's a, there's, a, there's a it's growing there's a, the, we, there's a seed there and it's growing um and, and the unity will only get will only get stronger. Um, and everybody was delighted, the fans, everybody, um, the, the relief, you know, because we worked so hard um, to, to get that goal um, at that particular time. So yeah, no, it was an emotional moment for us. And and what what was great for me in that second half, what I really noticed is how fantastic the fans can be. Um, it was like having a twelfth man in the second period. They were driving us on. We looked like we had a we had a more energy, it picked us up and 
we dominated. We really did dominate. Well, I mean, we had a lion's share of possession first half, second half. I mean, they were just reliant really on the counter attack. We did have a lion's share of possession, and, and uh, the second half seemed to be much more much more effective than the first. Uh, is that something that you did at half time, um, and did you tweak things around? Yeah, that? I mean, we talked about it obviously before the game and the game plan and, and, and the detail. But, but what we didn't do in the first period, we didn't move the ball quickly enough. We were content to sit on the ball. I think we're, we're looking, when I see things in training, when we're playing one touch, two touch, and we're moving the ball quickly uh, and, and, and with a little bit of movement, we look a good side. We look like we're doing things really well. And we didn't do that in like, on a consistent basis first half. Second half, I thought we got between them with ease and the, the timing of, of you know, moving inside to, to find space and then turning and getting at their back four, exposing their back four and their centre-backs. You know, they're under pressure. In fact, they were that deep. Second half, I think they needed snorkels. <laughs> well, we did better them in that second half, no question about it. Um, a couple of things, going back um, to, 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 to um, the squad itself, you, uh, you changed it around a little bit, you brought in Esri Konza for his, uh, his league debut, and you must be absolutely thrilled with that now, uh, as somebody who's watched him um, come through the ranks. and uh, we, we had a, a player, Joe Gomez, who you probably know yeah, about, who, do, yeah. who, who went to Liverpool, and um, there were mentions of Esri um, emulating Joe um, back then, and uh, really delighted that he's come through. Yeah. Uh, you, you must be, A, really pleased for that, but was there also a bit of a gamble with the likes of Josh uh, McGuinness and uh, um, Jordan Goodhacker uh, to throw them in straight away? Was that a bit of a gamble, being there yeah. only been there a couple of days? Yeah, yeah, absolutely a little bit of a gamble. I t- totally agree with that. Josh had done more football, but he hadn't played the first game of the season at Kilmarnock. Um, but you knew he was a, part of his, his, his endurance. He has got a good tank. So you knew he'd play. You knew he'd play his part. Jordan's a little bit more explosive, but he did look a little bit rusty when he came on. Listen, I just went for the game. Really, I just went from, uh, you know, a, a bit more of a four-two-four in the end. You know, trying to get that goal when we were on top. Um, it didn't quite happen for us today, but you know, I gambled on trying to get that um, get that last goal. Really, uh, with regard to. Esri, I thought, you know, he's showing a nice maturity, yet there's lots of things he's still got to work on. We will work on those little finer detail and things. But um, he's done wonderfully well for a for an 18-year-old. Um, you know, I mean, Alex Ravel's a very experienced attacker, as you know, and, um, you know, and, and then Richards comes on as well, so that gives him... He'll be learning. He'll be learning every single day in training with the first-team players and, and, and going forward in the games... When he gets his opportunities, and um, you know that, well, that, that's all we can ask for. But I think we've got a, a terrific prospect there. In a perfect world, do you um, do you don't expose him too much, like Adam Olukman as well? Do you do you bring them in and out, so you don't uh, over uh, expose them to this sort of because this league's yeah. a hard league. Yeah, it, it, it is. Addy had a very busy, very busy summer with England under 18s, and uh, came back and uh, by his by his own admission, because he came to see us. Um, felt he needed a little bit of a, a break he felt very tired um, we did that we did that we give him we give him like four days off um, you know within the fortnight before the season starts um, and then we just tried to bring him back um, a bit more gentle um, got a lot of minutes Tuesday probably too many perhaps I should have got him off ten minutes earlier really because he, he, he stiffened up a bit in the game on Tuesday but I did think in in the home game with him coming on with half an hour to go might be ideal, you know, with the game, with both teams playing in midweek and, and the game kind of getting stretched 
at that particular time, a bit more space for him to manoeuvre, and and so it proved. And he, he, you know, he was so close to being our match winner today, wasn't it? You made your subs quite early on. Is that uh, is that a, a Russell Slade trait? Because we're more used to um, hanging on for the last and seeing subs come on in the last two or three minutes, rather than uh, you seem to want to make changes as soon as you see them uh, as necessary. I guess. Yeah. No. 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 I think if you've got to make one after forty-five minutes or even before then, then. You, you, you've got to do it sometimes, and it might it might be it might be purely tactical anyway to to try and get a win. I think you've got to find a way to get a win. It's not just about the lads out there, but as a management team, we've got to find a way to get a win at times. And as I say, I took the gam- I took a big gamble today because they're two mavericks really, mm. uh, Bataka and and um, Luckman. Um, but you know, potentially they can be match winners. Jordan, who looked a bit rusty, as I say, need to do some more work because he has only come in late. Uh, and as you say, that's probably my fault getting him on um, to try and win us a game. But you know, at least I was being positive. I was being, you know, forward thinking in terms of trying to do that um, to win for our fans um, and and for ourselves. Is Ricky okay? Because I know he took a knock on on Tuesday. So would, would <laughs> he keeps getting thing? smashed on the same foot. Um, and he, you know, he, he took it again today. He's, he's got a bruised foot. But look, he's he's a great type, you know, and. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll be fine. He'll, he'll be fine. It's, uh, it's not. It's not a long-term problem at all. Cool. The game's coming thick and fast. Another one Tuesday. Um, yeah. Are you looking to bring in any more bodies now between now and the end? Or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I'd like to do something in the in the middle of the field as well? So we have options. It was nice today, to be honest, to have a few more options on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even Patrick Bauer was was there, so we had a little bit of cover there as well as as well as Roger and and then Lee Novak and. And, and the two boys that you know came on earlier, so so a few more options. And again, I think if we had maybe a, an option in that middle of the park as well, would be would be useful for us. But uh, things are coming together slowly but surely. Um, we've waited, we've been patient for our targets. Um, we've we've got them by and large. Um, I thought the keeper again, Declan was was excellent. Looks like a really good signing for us. Pierce is going to be an absolute warrior for us. So I'm pleased with him. I thought Croft arguably was our best player on the pitch. Um, and has been so consistent since he's been here. So there's been some really good signs, and 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 then the old the old boys like Jacko getting a, a really crucial goal for us today, which was great to see. And I thought Chris Solly as well put in a sterling performance, particularly in the second half. Absolutely. Well, it's not the three points we all necessarily wanted, but the point is a is a, is a solid base to work from. Congratulations for that, and uh, look forward to Tuesday and maybe uh, the three points there. Yeah, yeah, it'll make, it'll make it a good a good week. Obviously, if we can if we can back it up now, now we've got a bit of momentum. Go into that game and and, and bag the three points and move on. Appreciate you coming in, Richard. Pleasure. Thank you. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on uh, Maritime Radio. That was uh, Russell Slade, kind enough to come and speak to us exclusively uh, with you, Terry. Was that the first time you've had a proper chance? No, I had a, we had a little chat, a uh, little um, something after Welling, after the Welling game. Um, but, uh, a little something. Well, because it wasn't... <laughs> Spanish. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, it, you know, because Welling's just a, a pre-season and it's not serious, so, you know, it was just uh, his first experience, I suppose, of, of a yeah. competitive Charlton football match. So... Uh, it was fairly uh, uh, um, casual, I suppose. Whereas this is, you know, this is proper. So um, it's it, uh, it was the most, and and he, he likes to chat. 
Russell, which is good. You know, mm. I mean, out there as well. I mean, it took him ages to come out of the press conference. And there was only two people in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yet, uh, but he was he was keen to to get his point across, and uh, he was out there for a good half hour, I think. Mm. Um, and he got, I think, what was it, ten, eleven minutes? Uh, or yeah, eleven so, minutes, which so is so great. Yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't have to ask him that many questions because he's keen to uh, keen to, to to give the all the information he can. And well, that's how it came across. Yeah. Well, obviously, uh, you sort of did hear at the start of the interview there. I thought I'd edited it out, but I hadn't. <laughs> was uh, Ollie explaining about what Charlton Live is and yep. this, this is the fans. Other, and that's why I think Russell says very he's, he's, he wants to build build this bond with the fans, mm. and that's why he's probably quite happy to speak to you. Well, I did um, I did offer to uh, because there was only two out there to actually be part of uh, the the press conference outside and to ask my questions out there. But both uh, I think both Russell and, and and Ollie, to be fair, they're keen to to keep this. Um, which which has I think worked quite well despite um, our failures uh, over the, the last couple of seasons. It's something that um, I think has worked quite well that we do get that one to one with with the manager, um, and uh, they're keen to see that continue, which is great. Yeah, what are you guys making a slate so far? I think um, me and Tom was just talking while that was playing that actually we're really struck with his honesty that he take he's taking responsibility for the decisions he's made if they haven't if they're not coming off to how he was hoped and. Like I, I spoke to you about obviously yesterday the first time that I've met him properly and had a chat with him and it really comes across what a passionate football man he, what he is he cares about the club he wants the fans um, to get behind the team and, and I, I sort of explained a little bit of the history about what we've been through over the well, years and um, and I said to him, if you if you get the fans on side, they they will be your twelfth man. Um, and it is I, I don't know. It just seems I think it's really nice to have someone back in as as a manager and that understands the English game, this league, what it takes, the importance of having that contact with the fans, and the honesty. We've been starved of that, haven't we, really? Do you think um, that's why he didn't start uh, uh, Johnson? That why he didn't because start? of last because week? Of, because of, because of Potentially. The, because of what he thought would be the fans' reaction. It's definitely a part of that. Yeah. yeah, I think, obviously, if Conta hadn't done well at Cheltenham, he's not going to be confident enough to play him. But then even Bauer was making his way back. But, yeah, there's got to be a part of that. And you heard the reaction even just when his name was announced anyway. And I think, yeah, it's going to be difficult for him to, to, to make that choice. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And pick him well, up. It, you know, he can't turn around and say that he wants the the, 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 the valley to be a fortress and the fans to be the 12th man if, no. if most of the time they're booing you your own centre-half. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that was one of the things that Russell said yesterday, which does remind me a bit of when... 
Curley was in charge was that he he's he's very very strong and that he wants the right people to be in the team and the squad. So not just about the playing ability, but he wants the right people that like good people that care, that are proud to wear the shirt. And we've already talked off off air, Tom and myself, that potentially we've got Pat to come back. We've still got Harry Lennon to come back. Will there be a place for Roger? Would he be the one that would sort of make way for those boys because of the upset that he's caused? Because ironically, after after all that happened last last week at, at Berry, um, I, I went to that Cheltenham game and I sat down and I thought he played really well. I think I gave him my, my top score in terms of um, out of ten. I think I gave him out of ten. I thought he looked quite comfortable and he knew he scored as well. I've got to be honest, as a player, and I think League One probably is his level I think as a player I, I don't necessarily um, oh, he's have, da- have oh, too much problem with him yeah I'll write him oh yeah tech yeah still to come back as well yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe. but yeah no I agree with Terry I think it, it, the quality certainly was there what was it the first time he came in he did really well when we first signed him but you know uh, we're not so concerned about that really we want and like uh, Sue said about what Slade thinks he wants the right sort of characters in here We've seen there's so many examples over like the last year and a bit. You look at Leicester, you look at like Wales and Iceland in the Euros. That unit is so much more important now than necessarily mm. the quality of individuals. And from what's happened over the last week, I'm not sure that his attitude necessarily fits in with that. And perhaps those other players like Lennon perhaps lacks the quality or lacks the experience. But as a unit, they're going to fit a lot better and therefore perform a lot better. And I think I I I sort of echo what you were saying when I saw Roger in pre-season. I was, I was really impressed with him. He looked a lot more solid. He looked fitter. But I think with um, oh, you're putting me off. <laughs> oh, Justin Rose, good boy. Um, <laughs> Just got gold. Just what I mentioned. Oh, gold, another gold. Um, who needs the Olympics, though? Train train of thought thought now, yeah. as, as, as one of the listeners tweeted in earlier. <laughs> um, he put me off my train of thought now. Sorry, Dan Farmer tweeted in earlier. I thought the fans really got behind the team yesterday and pushed the players all the way in the second half. And that, I mean, that, that no, those noise levels in the second half were, were really amazing. Good, they? Yeah. I yeah. think it's probably the loudest we've been as a crowd. And, and bearing in mind um, the, the, the level of the crowd, you know, the quantity level yeah. of the crowd was probably a lot less. It was prolonged as well. It was a good, good 20 uh, minutes straight of just constant singing and chanting. Can I just my thoughts come back to me now about Roger? About Roger. Sorry, it's just come back. I, I'm not going to defend what happened last week, but I would say he's a very passionate man. He, he wants to win. Um, he speaks before he thinks, and um, that's obviously come out last week. And he was obviously frustrated at what had happened himself. And again, I'm not I'm not condoning what happened because it was completely wrong. But just trying to explain. A bit about his personality. Now, I said earlier on during the show that you guys are going to set the agenda really for the second half of the show. Uh, Charlton have been in the news a bit this week, and that's one thing I've just tweeted out is um, on on Friday, uh, an unnamed supporter uh, received a well, the the letter was received a couple of weeks ago. This unnamed supporter's letter uh, was uh, was released by one of their friends. Um, it was a letter that seemed that came from the club. It, it seemed to uh, say that uh, if the fan wanted to receive his season ticket, he'd have to come in for a meeting, which I've heard is, is standard for certain situations. If people have to come in for a meeting, but the uh, did, if you, have you had to come in for a meeting before, Sue? Will you, will you put your hand up? I have, yeah. Really? Yeah. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Behavioural issues. What were you tweeting? <laughs> Or was this before the days of Twitter, I'm guessing? No, it was twi- Twitter. Really? Yeah, let's oh, not talk about okay. it. Yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, so said said fan received a letter that said uh, that he'd been putting uh, not so constructive things on Twitter, uh, and if he wanted to receive his season ticket, uh, he'd have to uh, come in and, and, and have the meeting. And obviously, the, the club said that the meeting did happen. It was all uh, dealt with amicably, and the supporter did receive his season ticket. So I think they were probably surprised that the, the letter still got out there. But just look, just when when I first I, I first saw the letter a couple of weeks ago, and I said to the fan, "Go and have your meeting, see what happens." When I first saw it, I was like, "Oh my god!" It just as as a standalone letter that looks like a football club telling its fans not to tweet, "We want Roland out" or something along those lines, and you can understand why that's gone quite big. So if if you if you guys want to let us know what you think of that, uh, you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk, or you can tweet us. Uh, uh, at Charlton Live uh, Matt Brown's done just that he's tweeted us poor from the club it almost seems to be the opposite of what Slade appears to want in terms of a relationship with the fans I mean Tell you're always the voice of reason so <laughs> let's well, know uh, yeah I think there are times um, and you know I'm, I'm lucky enough to be in a position where um, I can dictate what my company does um, in the UK so uh, um, we uh, we make a decision, or I make a decision, and uh, more often than not, there's there's a management team that um, I will discuss that with. <laughs> now, um, there are times when some of the some of those decisions that people say, well, you know, that that sounds all right, but what do you think of this one? Or uh, I mean, to be fair, nobody's ever turned around and said, well, you can't do that, uh, because I like to think I'm a bit more clued up. But um, there are times when I, when you get positive feedback from your management team around you, and and you change what you originally thought was a good idea to a better idea hopefully I just think if there's nobody about in, a, in any sort of meeting that takes place about the production of that letter if we've got nobody around the club that turns around and says oh hang on really? You know, not because not because it's wrong necessarily because we don't know what was in the tweets which, which apparently have been deleted we don't know how bad they were I don't, I've no idea it may have been a justifiable letter uh, to send theoretically um, but you don't send the letter necessarily. You, you know, you do it in other ways. You don't do it so you 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 don't expose yourself, especially in the position we're in. Everyone, as, as everyone, everyone, where everybody's looking, well, everybody's right. looking at them through the microscope. At us, you don't do something as club that is potentially going to make it worse. So, if if something had to be done, if something had to be arranged to have a chat with a certain individual because he, they'd stepped over the line or they'd done something that wasn't quite right, but you didn't want to ban them, you wanted to do it. So there are better ways than that letter uh, just opinion. like obviously I said I didn't want to talk about my experience but actually what you're saying Terry completely mirrors what happened to me I got a letter saying we need you to come in for a meeting nothing about you're allowed to do this you're not allowed to do that whatever and I, no one knew anything about it no one there was no sort of big long letter about what I'd said what, what I hadn't doing, said yeah. what I'm allowed to do what I'm not allowed to do and it was a private meeting, which obviously I'm not going to discuss, but it didn't go any further. But to get, I think, yeah, just... Well, if, you, if, if you'd if you just got a letter saying, um, we, we just need you to come in for it. Do you mind, uh, before we issue your season ticket, can you come in for a chat? Yeah. Leave it there. Right, just leave it there. Then that chat happens, nobody knows what's gone on. And if that letter gets into the public domain, all it says is, um, hello, uh, trusted supporter, do you want to come in for a chat? <laughs> Uh, that's it. That's all it says. And, and mm. so there are ways of means of doing stuff that don't expose you to the possible ridicule, and then, uh, and actually, even because of what it implies, legal ramifications. Uh, it's just, just a little bit naive. If, uh, mm. At best, it's naive. I think, it, like about, it? thinking oh. back, 
like over, over the years that it was on a match day you'd often see John Little having had called a fan on the phone and said can you just come in for a chat because they've obviously seen something on CCTV or whatever it's been or there's been trouble in an away game and it was literally like can you just come in for a chat like, and it was all just very private and no big deal do you know what I mean? So, I think maybe that but might that, that be might the better way, the to, better way to have dealt with it. But hindsight's a wonderful yeah. thing. Well, yeah, I, suppose. I mean, obviously, I say that the fan in question did get the season ticket, and I think I think possibly even my, my thought they'll probably leave it. But it was it was his friend who put it out there, and I, thought, I understand that the fan the fan has sent it around to a few people for advice because he he didn't know what to do with this, and then the the, the, the tweets got out there. Uh, I, I can't remember ever seeing anything related to Charlton apart from maybe that time they tweeted about beating Bournemouth 19 0 go so viral. I mean, within uh, sorry, I think the, 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 the tweet was quite early in the morning before I'd even got to work. Like the one of the chief sports editor at the BBC was tweeting about it. I mean, e- everyone picked up on it. I think I had a similar reaction to, to the last time we were in the news over a letter or, or a statement. Um, I, just, I, I just my head hit the, hit the desk yeah. as soon as I saw it. It's just oh god. And that's that's and that the problem. Was, that was my reaction. It was just, I oh, don't believe it. They, uh, you, you would think that they know the position that any anything that Charlton do at the moment is scrutinised, not just by their own fans now, but by worldwide media, or certainly the national media in this country. And yeah, I'm sure they didn't want that to get out, but you can anticipate when you send that, there is a chance that that might get out. And you've got to look when you do that at how that's going to be received because it's the same thing again and again and again. And Terry used the word, it's naive. Well, with respect, it's, it shouldn't take a huge amount of anticipation no. to think that you're bringing somebody in because of their activity on social media and you send them a letter that gives them so much ammunition on social media. It's unreal. Yeah. You know, that's the, the key. Yeah. The, the, the clues are there. Oh, yeah, I mean, everything's led by social media now, and you don't even need to tweet one journalist, and that was it, and I think that was what had happened. Someone had tweeted literally, well, like, Stan Collymore, Henry Winter, all people that are, like, a lot of people follow on Twitter, and it just, it did, it went mad, and then it was the BBC, the Guardian, the Daily Mail, everyone jumped on it. I think it was all even on Sky Sports News at one point. Mm. I think the Football Weekly mentioned it this week as well. I'm going to listen to it, yeah. I'm, pr- I'm yeah. pretty sure they did. I, I dare say the Ramble will as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ev- everyone will. Yeah. Uh, it's quite funny that you mentioned Henry Winter. I was sat behind Henry Winter at a game once. and I, There used to be, there used to be a, a Leeds fan I followed who used to always abuse Henry Winter on Twitter. And one day I was looking at my phone, seeing him tweeting it, and then seeing Henry Winter reading it and laughing at it. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, London in Giza says when is Johnson getting his ABC form for the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. abusive language uh, 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 he did one every week wouldn't he yeah uh, Wheeler says uh, Roger Johnson is a disgrace he should be nowhere near the team he's slow has a mistake in him and he says he sort of like he, he shouts at the, the, the younger players during, during games as well, which a lot of people sort of picked up on during pre-season but, but I, th- I think he again like, and I'm not defending what happened but I think the younger players it's almost like that welcome to the real football world real like world, yeah. he and he i have heard actually from some of the younger players that he's very encouraging and he is very supportive just because he's effing and blinding at him on the pitch i think we don't see what goes on at training and all of those sorts of things as a, no, as a player i think uh, you don't mind getting abuse when you do something wrong um, however old you are because uh, if you do something wrong you're almost expecting it it's when you do something as long as it's a balance and, you know, and the, the language when you're trust me when you're playing football nobody cares about the language no, no. Um, the, uh, as long as you get it back 
in the positive sense as well. So uh, if you get abuse because you do something wrong, if, if then afterwards you get the um, uh, the hug and say, no, all right, look, you've made that mistake, come on, let's, let's do it mm. right, and then you praise somebody when they do it right afterwards, then you know that um, it's a balance, it's fair. Uh, mm. If all they do is abuse and then you get nothing back when you do something no. right, then that's when it's a I think I know, actually weirdly noticed it yesterday. It was like last season, Roger was almost like a bit of a lone entity within the dressing room. But yesterday I noticed that he was sitting with some of the younger, like Esri, and he was chatting to him, and they was talking about how the game was going to go. And he, he had... He, we probably obviously only see what, what happens on the pitch and what he does out, out in front of everybody. But I think he has got that sort of nurturing side to him mm. it's just we don't get to see that out I'd argue while Pierce is still finding his feet at the club he's arguably the best person to play alongside Consa in terms of guiding him through games and in terms of experience yeah sure. and it, that experience to help him through and like Terry says if he does have a go at him for the mistakes but come off the pitch and say do you know what this is what you did badly but this is what you did well he's probably arguably in terms of character the best for that but like we say because of what happened the other week I think those, those ties are broken now I think Sue said it. The damage is kind of done, and and it yeah, probably isn't isn't damage within the training uh, within no, the, within the team. No, no, it's no, damage between the fans. The fans. Yeah, yeah. I think because they they won't forget that now. No. That that's that link is is cut. Severed. Yeah, well, that's the loudest boo I've ever heard for a chant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, on, on yeah. Saturday. When, yeah, he's, uh, right. when his name was, uh, was out. Right, just over half an hour uh, left on Channel Live here on Maritime Radio. Back in a minute or so, we've got plenty of emails to uh, to get through. Like I say, you, you guys are setting the agenda for the last half an hour, so email us studio at channelonlive.co.uk. You can talk to us at Channel Live. Tell us what you want to talk about uh, in, in the Channel world. Back in, back in a minute or so. <laughs> He's gone for it, you know. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal by Armakatsi! That's almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike. That is outrageous. Right-footed. We saw Armak off his line. What a goal. Your favourite music and everything local. Your Maritime Radio. Carol, a heavy defeat at Burnley today. How do you sum that one up? We were good. Charlton Live. Yeah, I, I think we're, we're borderline in that's not going to be any funny, funny any longer. But. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, it's, uh, like I say, uh, plenty of emails are coming. Uh, lots of your views on yesterday's game. Tell, you're in charge. I'm going to do the, uh, the game ones first. And uh, the first one's from Daniel Farmer, who's, who's tweeted us in already. I uh, thought the first start was very slow, not much going forward. And, he, and, a, uh, and quiet... An even, oh, sorry, I'll, I'll rephrase that. And quite an even uh, half. Don't like Foley and Cross alongside each other at home. Very negative, one or the other for me. With hopefully a new signing or Jacko in there. He seems to get forward a bit more when he's slotted in there in the second half. Very positive and a great half. Just needed that second goal. The atmosphere, atmosphere was great considering the attendance. Very loud and one of the best I've heard for a while. Let's hope for three points Tuesday. The protest made me laugh. They were protesting about not spending money at the club shop and one of them was wearing the new top anyway. <laughs> uh, cheers, guys, and good to see Louis yesterday. Yeah, so I bumped into Dan before forward again and said, uh, said hello there was, that was a good point I saw him on Twitter earlier trying to talk about it, it was, 
The, uh, we haven't even come on to the card protest yet. Like I say, hopefully it'll be in the in the uh, emails because I'd like to mention it. Uh, the um, there was a sort of a, a sort of a, a soft picket of the um, club shop, so they weren't. It's not like they were physically abusing people and stopping them going in and stuff, but they were. Uh, advising people not to spend money, but Dan did notice on on one of the photos, I think tweeted by God, there was someone there eating eating some, a sandwich or something in the current sh- in the current <laughs> shirt. It was sort of uh, irony. Maybe they bought it, or st- hopefully they stole it from the. From oh, the, well, yeah. no, no, I'm, I don't think we can we condone. Don't that? encourage <laughs> any criminal activity <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, email from Chris Davin. Thanks, Chris. Hello, boys. Hi, sport. Uh, and uh, by the way, so. Um, hi, High spot yesterday for me was the dog's abuse rightly directed at Roger Johnson. Now he's been dropped. I hope we never see him play for us again. Uh, now the match. A truly woeful first half, as bad as anything I witnessed last season. Northampton were as hopeless as us, which says a lot for League Two, uh, which they walked last season. Second half, we were brighter, scored a decent goal, possibly deserved all three points. But brighter doesn't mean good, just better than the first half. The fans' boycott has really kicked in, hence lack of any chance against the board inside the ground. Barring a brief we want rolling out on full time. The atmosphere was dead. How Slade can say the fans were like a 12th man today, I don't know. If he thinks that's rocking, must have been a morgue at Cardiff and Orient then. Wow. Once again, our best player by our country miles sits on the bench for 75 minutes. If I were Lookman, I'd ask to leave. You may as well sit on a bench at Championship Club and earn more money as sit on a bench here. Shrewsbury next, surely we're not going to be- uh, big them up as well. It's a pub league that we should be bossing. No more excuses, no more it's project nonsense. Just get the three points rolling out and that's Chris. Uh, Chris, there are some things I agree with there. There's quite a few things I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think I think if we if we talk about the level of the league now, I mean it's it's, it's important. That's, that's it's, where we are. Yeah, it, nothing we can do about it. It's important not to be big-headed about that sort of thing. And I think um, we we need to remember that we were so bad. We were so bad last year. Yeah. We, we 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 should be happy with being like, happy with even being able to compete at any level. If we go into if we go if we go into every game this yeah. season, think we're going to boss it. We are going to get screwed. Mm. <laughs> Seriously, that, that's we, what I meant by <laughs> seeing yesterday. I've forgotten how tough this league is. And we are going to have to adapt to it. We have sure. to be the best of League One, so we got we are in there. That's 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 what it is. And the truth is that we are one of the bigger teams in there, so people are going to want to perform their best against us. We said that at Berry last Saturday that I said it's almost like going back to FA Cup Round Three mm. every week because uh, all right, the, the crowds have gone down, all of that sort of stuff, but we are still seen as one of the big clubs in this league, and we are the team that everyone's going to want to beat. So I think they they're gonna a lot of these teams. Like you looked at Berry last Saturday, and it was like wasn't expecting that. But they're probably playing playing at the highest level that yeah. that they've ever played at against a team that really that it's, it's a scalp, isn't it? I think also. I mean, anybody who remembers the last campaign in League One, I mean, how many wars did we have? I mean, considering the side we had then as well, which was a, a damn fine side, by the mm. way, even in the Championship um, mm. before the season. Um, how many wars did we have to go through during mm. that season? But uh, Chris made an interesting point there about um, Addy as well. I mean, we were talking yeah, about that yeah. he, he's still here, um, but we, we've talked about why we think he's not quite getting the minutes yet. And, and Russell Slade mentioned that in the interview as well. Um, but you know, he's he's he strikes me as considering. Don't forget where he's come from. He's come from not even Sunday League football, some, like Waterloo FC, like something I've never heard of, and uh, and he's. He he he's got that attitude. You feel that he just wants to play football, and I don't think that sitting on a bench at the championship is what he wants to do, especially at this age. And it, just to add to that, Louis, he's a very down-to-earth young man. I, I think he must have a very good family in terms of he's he's not someone that I mean you can think of players over the years that would be happy to sit on a bench for money. Addy's not one of those people. He just wants to play football, and I think he would probably play in any league for no money. 
if I'm honest. He, he's one that he's very shy, he's very unashamed, he's yeah. so down to earth. Um, so I, he, he's just not that sort. Yeah. He's not that person. We, we, we spoke to him at the play of the year dinner, and, and now getting an interview with Addy is very unlikely. <laughs> I think I think Ollie actually brought him to it's us like as a sort, sort of a way to try and ease him into sort of media training yeah. sort of thing. And you could tell, like you could tell, he's like you say very shy. Um, my my other half Amy was sat next to me. And she said it's like talking to a, like a twelve year old. He is he is very very quiet, but. He, he also he, you feel like in sort of inside he's he's got his own beliefs and he he wants mm. to write his own story which I found quite interesting because I mean, I tried to say oh you know um you you he'd won the football league apprentice of the year uh, awards and I said oh you know what Joe Gomez only came third in that and he's like well, don't, don't don't I don't want to be compared to to anyone I want to write my own story so I think there's there's certainly a, an, it's a, a maturity good about yeah. him and I think he's obviously had a very good. Upbringing, bringing, yeah. and I, and I think the fact that like you touch on, he's come from whatever league it was. He is he so appreciates where he is now, and I don't. He's not one of them players that is going to say, "Oh, I'm going to go and earn more money if I go to the championship and sit on the bench." He's not that boy. He he appreciates that Charlton have took him under their wing, and have given him these opportunities. And I think he's a loyal person. Um, and he's got a really strong sort of moral um, standing within. I don't know whether this is it's a religious thing or whatever it is, but it, he's just got these really strong roots and grounds in that I, I just don't see that happening with him. Well, to be honest, if if Lookman was the type of player that, I, and, and we know he isn't, I think, but if he was the type of player that wanted to uh, leave just to sit on a bench to earn more money. I wouldn't want him anywhere near this club anyway. No. Uh, and no, I don't bet he's right. not that type of player. So no. that's yeah. good. Uh, Mark tweets in, not sure, talking about the uh, the fan letter, he's saying, not sure Collie Moore should be sticking up for what basically is trolling, <laughs> given the problems he's had with Twitter. So obviously there were, uh, the, the situation the fan was... Is that Mark Newbury? Uh, no, no, that's Mark Reedy uh, oh. saying, yeah, so... Uh, saying that uh, the, the fan in question was w- would have been tweeting stuff, and obviously Collier was had his problems on on Twitter. Uh, as as, as uh, well, it's funny he was calling out the media for not picking up on it just after about thirty newspapers, yeah, about it, which is a bit strange. Well, it's uh, it's not as funny as the time he walked around France with his phone out, saying, yeah. "I'm a journalist, <laughs> I'm a journalist." <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know that yeah. that was just bizarre watching that on the telly. <laughs> and he got tear, he got tear gas, didn't he? he? Did get yeah. tear gas, yeah. yeah. Which was probably for the best. I want to buy that man a pint, whoever it was. <laughs> um, uh, Mark Newbury has emailed us in. Uh, he won the Valley Gold. He did. Though. He did. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, yeah. Benji was involved. Benji, Benji yeah, got, fifty got fifty quid. Mark got five hundred quid. Outrageous. Newbury, come on in. Sorry, Mark, you can't <laughs> be anonymous. Mark Newbury, as a fan of the show, as you've been able to tell so far, we've got some problems with our microphone, so I can tell you where those five hundred quid could go. To be fair, we've been getting cakes. That's true. Yes, true. Can't argue with that. Evening, boys. Uh, thought the result was fair yesterday, as our first half performance didn't really warrant anything. But second half, with a bit more balance to the play, meant at least we got something. Couple of points. Thought Ricky Holmes was trying too hard against his former side, but is an exciting player to watch. Conza is similar to Gomez, young and raw but athletic, and able to correct his mistake, and should be a decent backup. Hopefully, Bauer and Pierce up front. Uh, Bauer and Pierce, sorry, up front. It should click, but it's in midfield. I have some concerns. Think Croft, Jacko, and Foley are all too similar, and Jacko can't keep going left to help Fox. Maybe use Fox left mid with THD behind him and drop Jacko into the centre to pull the strings if we keep hold of Cash and Diara they should shore up the midfield probably not better in this in this league 
Just hope Slade changes the goalkeeper coach who managed to hit the stand more than Rudd in the warm-up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't notice that. Got no. uh, um, I, yeah, I mean, Cash and Diara are big misses, no question yeah. about it. Uh, but they're still quite a way away, aren't they? I mean, it's, yeah, not, it's not a five-minute thing. Yes, yeah, they're, they're not really people we can talk about as, exactly, as something yeah. that's coming in soon. I mean, that is a shame, because if, if, if they were due back in within the next three weeks or something, then we'd be talking about a midfield and be like, well, actually, I'll tell you what, yeah. you know, we won't be seeing Cross and Foley together too similar for, t- for too often. And we're bringing in, like, I mean, Cashy's got so much energy, which will really work in his favour in, uh, in, in this level. And Diara's got not only a bit of bite about him, but a bit of class about him as well. Yeah, and and that, he'd, he'd run this league, wouldn't he? It's a real... I mean, you know, you, you think back, I think, I think we can all probably agree, had we had a fit Cashy and Diara last season, we wouldn't be in this league. I don't think. I think mm. uh, as it might still have been papering over the cracks, but I think with those two full time in the championship, I think we'd have uh, we'd have not uh, we'd have not won it <laughs> or not got uh, got close. But I don't think we'd have got relegated. Pretty certain of it. Mm. Just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, got a couple now of emails which uh, which are more about um, uh, off the field activities. So I'll go through those. Uh, Martin Williamson emails in. Thanks, Martin. The program notes yesterday might have been believable a couple of years ago, but given what happened last season, they're a little more than words. It is incredible that the unnamed writer, surely Katrian hiding behind the SMT take, claims that they are uh, only now aware there have been communication issues with the fans. That was a constant theme last season, which uh, the SMT, most notably Murray, claimed were all over, and yet the club ended the, the season in virtual shutdown. Uh, as for the promises about building teams for promotions, etc., haven't we heard that somewhere before? While the official te- attendance of 11,500 was laughable, probably impressed Roland though, the lack of atmosphere suggested the absence of a lot of the hardcore who have supported through thick and thin. Unless we have a good campaign, the less dedicated won't stick with it, and I can see crowds falling nearer to the 7,000, although that is 10,000 in the mere system of counting. If the regime's intention was to drive away those at the heart of, anti- of the anti du Chatelet protest, then they might actually have par- in part succeeded. Sadly, they have also stripped away another layer of what makes made Charlton such a wonderful club, and that's Martin Williams. Um, I think the atmosphere at times... Especially at the beginning, I think you're right. I think it was flat, uh, no question. But I think people were um, uh, I th- uh, expecting the worst, possibly. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, especially what the, for, because of the two defeats. games before. Yeah, yeah I think, I think but as soon as that we, we supported a team that's been terrible yeah, for a for the two of years, seasons, so, yeah, yeah, not just two games, two yeah. seasons. But I think once the second half started, and you could see that there was a, a shift. I think the crowd uh, got a lot better. And I say at the end, uh, well, not so, after we scored, I think that's probably the noisiest I've known it for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was rocking um, yeah. the second half. But, yeah. uh, but I do agree that at the beginning there was that sort of sense of dread. Even people were singing in the West Stand yesterday. Blimey, blimey. I know, that's unheard of. Yeah. Uh, right, I mean, th- these, these programme notes, which the club also put on the official website uh, around midday yesterday, the, the message from the SMT. And, uh, you, you can always understand why people are a bit cautious when they see something about wanting to improve the communication with the fans because it's something we've been told about 50 times now. Um, the, the, the whole thing about communication with the fans, I think the main thing we don't really know is the fact that uh, still, still no one knows what, what Roland's big idea is, what his big plan is. Um, and and, and that's, the, that's the major point of communication that that, that we're worried about, really, isn't it? As, as, is there another Olympic update? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Max! <laughs> no, gold and silver this time. Oh, not oh Louis. In, yeah, Louis second. Oh, oh cool. Max. Well done, Louis. Louis. Yeah. Well done, Louis. Yeah, well, what can I do? What can I say? I can, yeah. I can do gymnastics whilst doing the show as well. Smith on the podium is yeah. what we wanted. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so this message of communication, no, no one really knows what Roland's plan is still. Do you know, I think, look, you know, they're saying 
the same words. You know, we, we want to try that. You know, if they're serious, let's say, let, let's give them the benefit of that. Here, uh, you know, we're serious about. No, 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 all right, you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm playing devil's advocate. Stick with me here. Um, and uh, if, so, if they're serious about building bridges and building a team for success, British manager has started um, players who uh, have actually got experience in the league. That's it seems at least to be uh, what they're doing. Uh, it's the rest of the stuff, you know. If they're serious about uh, getting this communication back with the fans and, and getting their trust, and that's going to take well, it probably will never happen, by the way. But uh, what you don't do is send out a letter. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So you can't say one thing. And then do something completely different. You know, like, ironically, it even says in the programme notes that we know that actions speak louder than words. <laughs> and then their actions have, have been this letter, this, been this faux pas. On, and that's on. the problem. You know, you can't say one thing. Uh, and then, <clears throat> look, if what had happened last week was a complete isolation event and everything else was tickety-boo, nobody would have batted an eyelid. And that probably wouldn't have even made it to do it. You know, nobody would have cared. It would have been, oh, that's a laugh. They've even spelt behavioural wrong. Uh, behavioural wrong. So, and it would have been a bit of a giggle. But because it's just symptomatic of, of what's been going on for the last couple of years, um, it's so, uh, regrettably, um, Martin's probably right. It's, it's, it, at the moment, it's just words. And until it's actually backed up with something concrete, and uh, that's going to take a long, long time, but if it ever happens. It's going to take years and years of um, improvement on the field for starters. I mean, As well, yes, of course. I think, I think promotion this season would be the absolute minimum. Yeah. And then uh, and uh, surviving in the championship and actually progressing in the championship, it would probably take three or four years of actual good championship football before anyone would even think that anything's changed I, I'm not even sure it will under this ownership I think it's a bit like the whole Roger Johnson thing if he comes out in a week and apologises I think that that, think that bond has gone and I think with the fans now they can come out as many times as they want and say oh we'll try and communicate better we'll try and communicate better we asked them to do that two years ago and they didn't do it since then they've made a series of mistakes that have got worse and worse and worse to the point where no one trusts them anymore and now they're coming out and saying again oh we'll try and communicate a bit better it's, it's too late it, you needed to do it at the time instead of just saying you were going to do it and they haven't and I, there are some fans I'm sure that they can win round with promotion or a couple of good seasons but I think on the whole I think Curb said it on the um, Channel 5 show yeah. he said that Bridges nothing until they yeah. go that's it and there's nothing they can do and Same they might now Tom's sit there and go you know what uh, we wish but it, that's too late now I remember at the, fir the first big protest in the car park like the, the huge one against Nottingham Forest I went round with a with a microphone and asked for fans opinions and I spoke to what spoke to a couple of fans and they said that um this was after the the customers comment they said that Katrine had no chance of rebuilding they said they said that he's gone forever now and that's that it, it does feel like that a lot mm. quite a lot I, I'm not saying it for everyone and obviously people are going to have their own opinions but I think there's enough of the fans that feel that way that until they're gone, I don't think anyone's really going to accept it. Mm. Now we could get up to the Premier League. There's still going to be people that are not happy with the, those two in charge. I mean, look at look at um, a, possibly a good example of actually how no matter how well you do on the pitch, but the the fan relationship. Look at Hull. Yeah. I mean, they even beat Leicester, <laughs> Leicester City yesterday. But the protests before and throughout. I mean, the amount of empty seats at the KC Stadium yesterday. I was shocked when I sat down and watched Match of Day last night. It was it was incredible. Uh, Garmy tweets in. Thanks for announcing my win to the missus. I told her it was only fifty quid. <laughs> oh no! So you in there, Mark? Sorry. <laughs> We're not even going to get cakes. Now. Why don't you spend like four hundred and fifty quid on our new microphones? Yeah. <laughs> to make you yeah just to, just to make you feel better. Yeah. Right. Any more any more emails? Tell. Uh, well, we got one from uh, in the week from Robin Robin Lisbon. Uh, so I, I do want to read this out before I did the match one. So uh, thanks, Robin. Uh, delighted to see so many fans signing the petition. 
you know the the uh, the mayor petition for the FA um, council is it oh, the, the FA, FA council, yeah. council yeah. Yeah. Uh, and thanks for putting it out there Sunday. Uh, I would urge fans to continue to encourage friends, family, and even supporters of other clubs to sign up. Um, things seem to be escalating before we've even played our first home game, so it'd be a good idea to start preparing fans now for the reality that uh, RD is deliberately dismantling our beloved club for a land grab. The earlier fans take that on board, the better, because uh, we've been leaked too soon, and fans think. Uh, fans thinking that's from Robin. I mean, obviously, uh, there's an allegedly missing there. Yeah, um, but, yeah um, obviously. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not from his email, there isn't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just reading it out. Yeah. Uh, that's his. That's his take. That's his, his thought. Um, I'm not. Uh, well, I mean, it's the worst case scenario, isn't it? Basically. Yeah, I mean, and that, and that is sort of part of the communication thing. Coming back round to that, people want to know what what the plan is, what's going on, and that, and that perhaps. But as Tom said, anything that's said now will be taken with. Uh, Imagine if he came huge, out and said that. I'll just say you know. Yeah, huge. <laughs> I'm planning a land grab. <laughs> So that would be uh, that'd be difficult to work. right. We've got um, about ten fifteen minutes left here on Channel Live. We need to, to to preview because we're back at the Valley on uh, on uh, on Tuesday night against Shrewsbury. So we're going to come back in in thirty seconds. We're going to preview the game with Shrewsbury. is fed in, lovely touch, goes around his player, chips across the box, Jackson, oh yes, what a goal by Johnny Jackson, arriving late in the box, Holmes Dennis with a pinpoint cross, and the skippers give a Charlton the lead. Charlton Live. Your favourite music and everything local. Your Maritime Radio. Welcome back, John Live here, Maritime Radio, 10 minutes left to go. Uh, before we hand you back to Maritime Radio, where you can listen to your favourite music and everything local, don't forget they're going to be coming live uh, officially on the 27th of August, which means they'll start uh, broadcasting on 101.4 FM, uh, apparently within a four-mile or maybe five or six-mile radius of the valley. So when we're on uh, FM, you'll actually be able to listen to us. It'd be like the good old days when apparently people used to... On proper uh, wireless, yeah, right down. Yeah, when pe- people used to like drive their cars to within the limits to yeah. listen to the old the old Charlton Live. And, yeah. Man, I used to be at the yeah. top, I used to have to be at the top, in my bed, um, in our top bedroom, coat hanger out, uh, yeah. with a cable from a tele- old television uh, aerial. <laughs> I used to cassette record it if just, I was going anywhere on a Sunday yeah. night. So if, any, if anyone's looking for a bit of nostalgia and... and decides not to listen on the internet you could do that you could hop in your car and come and sit in the valley car park and what is that it's, <laughs> an it's a 1980s cassette player oh i know they were doing tests in here so maybe that's why that's it yeah it's a yeah. well i won't say the brand name because yeah. there's lots of uh but it's quite similar to the one that i used to have actually oh. yeah so uh, so yeah maritime radio is going to be officially live on the 27th of august they, they are currently running a uh uh, a service if you go to maritimeradio.london or ch- even chartonlive.co.uk you can listen to maritime radio throughout the week uh, playing your, your favourite music and, and everything uh, local don't forget the other ways you can listen to Charlton Live you can uh, you can listen to us on our website you can listen to us on the TuneIn app so if you know you're going to be out and about on Thursday evening download the TuneIn app on your mobile phone so it's for Charlton Live you'll be able to listen to our live big match preview show on the first evening at 7pm uh, you can download all of our shows as podcasts uh, after the event uh, the tonight show will be up probably around midnight uh, Thursday night show is normally up by about 9 o'clock uh, there, there's, pl- there's plenty of different podcast apps out there if you are going to listen to us on podcasts we're going to s- kind of a plea to you really I mean, I know most people use the likes of iTunes and that. there's a podcast app called Acast who we directly upload to 
uh, our show still is on iTunes, but because we directly upload to Acast, they stick a 30-second advert in at the start and at the end. Uh, but just by listening to that, it don't cost you any money, but it gives us money. And as, as you can tell, we've already been begging for money so far this evening. Every time you listen to us on the Acast app, we'll get a little bit of money. The more money we get, the better equipment we'll be able to buy, uh, possibly even a new sign-in to replace Terry. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, looking up... Uh, oh, some trousers for me. We need £3.50, <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean, a lot of experience in the squad, but you know, fresh blood. <laughs> I'm joking, by the way, Tom. Yeah. Uh, right, looking ahead, looking ahead, uh, Tuesday night. Uh, this discussing off air. I don't know if it's Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury, but either way, they're coming down, and, and that's a, a game we've got to attack on, on Tuesday. First point, they got um, uh, yesterday Coventry away, nil nil. So they lost the first game. Uh, I'm assuming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they lost home to uh, MK, but then they they got a good win in the cup, I think, against someone. Yeah, Hud- beat Huddersfield. Huddersfield, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so um, they're uh, same number of points as us. They're just uh, one goal better off on the goal difference front. So uh, um, it's like uh, all games though in this league. It's going to probably be uh, another another battle that we've got to be ready for. And uh, you know, hopefully Russell Russell Slade's right that um, that game yesterday, at least the second half performance yesterday, will give us the right uh, uh, momentum to uh, to to get a, a decent result on Tuesday. Because I, I, you know, we got to start. Uh, we got to start winning games. We got to st- at least look the part and uh, and start putting points on the board. We'll win Tuesday. Otherwise, we'll it's going to be a real struggle. Tom's looking confident. I mean, we all, okay. we already know exactly. I already know exactly what sort of game it's going to be. Shrewsbury going to come and stick. Yeah. You know, they're going to get their snorkels out as well. They're going to be sat behind the ball. It's going to be a low crowd. It's going to be a. It's probably hopefully going to be a warm evening at least. But it's it's going to, it's going to be a real test. A real you're going to have to grind this one out unless we get an early goal. Early goal could be really important actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, you do wonder as long as we start sh- uh, the game against Shrewsbury the, the manner in which we started the second half yesterday then um, then things should be okay but if we if we start the same way that sort of ponderous slow trying to unlock the defence type uh, type attitude we had yesterday in the first half then it could be a long old game do you expect do you expect to see many changes I mean Sure. I, I, yeah, you wonder whether or not because uh, I mean I know you mentioned that Holmes uh, you've got a bruised foot whether whether or not he'll he'll risk him and maybe you might see Adam Ola starting although I, I sort of suspect not you might see Bataka after a couple more days uh, training uh, figure earlier but I sort of suspect it will be a similar side. I, I personally would move Jackson. Uh, Jackson into oh, so the would I, by the way. But uh, I don't know how you would do it necessarily. When, um, unless, unless one of those wingers are ready to start, let's say with yeah. Lidman or, or Botard. Unless Bauer's ready, of course, maybe he'll give Edsri a, a rest by uh, putting Bauer in there as well. That's a possible change, I suppose. Yeah, and but yeah, because you sort of talk about you want to have some form of consistency, especially in a back four. But because we know, I, I don't think Edsri's going to be the the main defender. All not season, straight so away, yeah, of course so. not. No, in the same way, Joe Gomez wasn't um, when when he first burst into the scene. You know, so as good as he was, so. Um, I think Bauer, as soon as he's fit, will probably play alongside uh, Joseph Pearce, and then that'll be what uh, Russell Slade would hope would be the the the, the, the rigid and the, and the fixed centre half pairing. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the crowd's going to be like on Tuesday. I mean, it was announced yesterday as eleven and a half thousand. We know there's plenty of freebies handed out. You can particularly see in the in the east stand, the sort of the north end of the east stand, there was blocks of people full where clearly freebies have been handed out, and, and uh, the official attendance doesn't count for the fact that. At least a thousand season tickets don't turn up to every game. Most of those freebies probably didn't turn up as well. Well, who knows? Yeah, I mean, there were f- just short of fifteen hundred Northampton fans there as well. Yeah, it's going to be thin, isn't it, on Tuesday night? You'd expect I, so because I, I don't think Shrewsbury an, will bring a huge amount. No, they've got an offer on for season ticket holders um, who can buy, I think, up to four tickets for ten pound, which I've done with a couple of mates. So it might, there might be a few people bringing 
sort of casual fans. But I, th- I think as well, when you, if you look over, obviously we know the season ticket sales are done and everything, but August is always a fairly yeah. quiet month anyway because yeah. the kids are off school, so people are away. So I think it's probably obviously going to impact it even more at the moment. There's been a lot of talk of, of boycotts and that, and obviously that's, that, that's part of why the, uh, the 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 attendances are down. I mean, no, none of us, I mean, three, three out of us, all, like we all get in on on our jobs anyway, either mm. with or without the club. Um, you, I mean, you, can you see why why fans are boycotting? You can understand it, can't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, um, if you'd have asked me that 20 years ago, I'd have said absolutely not, don't get it at all. And because, you know, I was one of the ones that went to Sellers Park week in, week yeah. out. Um, I was one of the ones that was at the Valley, uh, the five or 6,000 that were Valley uh, before we left. Um, and then the last game officially dag- tagged as the last game against Stoke, there was another 4,000 suddenly turn up. Um, you know, had they been there for the previous two years, who knows what might have happened. But um, uh, So I was angry then at people who, who, who stayed away before and then didn't go to Sellers Park. I was I was fairly angry at the time and stayed angry probably for about seven years. Um, but, you know, as you get older, I think you get a little bit more uh, circumspect. And I, I sort of, you know, I think both contribute. Do you know what I mean? I don't think anybody's wrong in, in what they do as long as they believe it's to be right. And uh, if people firm, you know, fervently believe that not turning up is the way to do it, then they are absolutely right to do it, uh, or not to it as the case may be. But they also should understand a little bit about uh, people who still come. Because yeah. I promise you this, and I absolutely tell you this is true, if uh, you say I get him with the job, because I do, I, I comment out on the games, but um, I'd still be coming. Had I had I just been you know back to being just a fan, uh, I would still be here because yeah. it's part of my soul, and and, and and I don't expect anybody to understand that particularly yeah. if, if 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 they prefer to boycott. But that's it's part of who I am. There's a perfect example on, on Friday night actually of, of what Charlton is and and how it becomes part of each of our family of of, of our lives because like we all went out the Charlton live yeah. team where we went out for drinks on Friday I and mean, I was I remember looking back at a photo uh, like the next morning thinking if 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 I didn't go to Charlton I would have never met a single one of these people and, and probably never every cloud eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's true no, though, like no it's it is the friend, I think yeah. the friendships that we've built up over, I know for me even when we first uh, when I first started going when we was at Sellhurst and I met I met my friend Sarah because um, her mum was the manager of the Junior Reds we're still friends now we go to away games together I would never have had her in my life if it wasn't for Charlton and I think what Terry says is it's it's not just a football club. I know, like that was our sort of leading header for so many years. It's more than a football club, and it is more than a football club really to nice. a lot of us. I've uh, two of my best friends I've met through coming here, um, and I would sort of consider a lot of people that I've made friends here as as sort of a family because I probably spend more time with some of you lot than I do <laughs> my own family. <laughs> So and and even some of my friends, it's yeah. it's like, do you want to do this? So I oh, know I'm going footy. It, it's that. It is. It's, it is. It's more than a football club. And that's why it's that's why it's important, as you're saying, Taylor, that people res- respect each other's Absolutely. opinions. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing that's. I mean, obviously, that the entire situation at the club. So upsetting them. There's nothing worse than seeing people aggressively going for other people because of. They've just, because a because they've start, decided to stay away, or because they've decided to go, so you just get little bits of it on each side, and that's that's exactly what we don't need. As, pro- as long as people understand that um, each to their own, I suppose, but also that um, uh, I I maintained um, uh, afterwards uh, after we got back to the valley that, um, uh, and I think I, I, I put it out there that um, 
you know, as long as the people who didn't go to sell us, and they now come back to the valley, who, who, sh- who were welcomed, and, and that's great. As long as we understand that they're not being there, actually, hopefully contributed because you know the financial aspect meant we we had to come back. So that was the driving force, or one of the driving forces for us to come back. As long as the people that stayed away uh, and then came back realised that the ones that kept on going kept the club alive or helped mm. keep the club alive, because if they hadn't, the club would have disappeared. Uh, and I'm convinced of that, by the way. Um, so as long as they understand as well, then everything should be fine. And it's the same today. As long as the people who don't come understand that the people who do come do it because they think it's the right thing to do uh, and vice versa, then that's fine. So because at some point, uh, as as it happened uh, in 92, at some point, everybody's got to come back together. Mm. Yeah, and I think, again, we've we've talked on it, like about this over the years on the show about the fact that the fans have always come together when it mattered and and made things happen. And I actually spoke to um, Russell about it yesterday. That part of the reason why we came back to the valley, well, the main reason that we came back to the valley was because of the fans, because they did put the money in, because they did fundraising things to get the money together, and that. I, I I know like being biased because we're Charlton fans, but I, I don't think you could get a better group of supporters when we come together. It's like a machine; like yeah. it's just nothing is impossible when we come together. And at the moment, the sad thing for me is it seems very divided mm. because people are like Terry's saying. People are not respecting each other's personal reasons mm. for why they're either staying or not coming. Right, okay, I think that's perfectly the, the, the perfect way to end the show then. It's been uh, it's coming up to half past eight here on Maritime Radio. This has been Charlton Live. We'll be back on Thursday, uh, back here on Maritime Radio Live with a big match preview uh, at 7pm. Everyone, thanks for coming in. Thanks to Tom, thanks to Sue, and thanks Thank to Tel. Cheers, Thank you. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Let's hope the addicts can uh, get their first three points of the season on Tuesday. See you then. Ciao.